rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. That is Psalm 37, verse 7. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we come to you. We come to this time, this moment, this wonderful time. We bless your presence, O Lord, in this evening, in this first watch of the night. We pray, Father, that you be with us. This is the day that the Lord has made. Therefore, we will rejoice. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Shabbat. Shabbat. Shalom. To all of you online tonight. Prayer for turnaround. This is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to be talking about this power of turnaround. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Before we get the, the let me read the book of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord. Oh, those who wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let, let me speak, you know, the, the, the subject of the turnaround. We, we, we take it from, from the woman. And, and, uh, and, and, and the woman with the, with the, <laughs> the woman who went to borrow vessels. Are there any women tonight? Somebody can say amen seven times if there are women. Listen to me. The, 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 the widow remembered that she had nothing but. Now, why it was important for her to discover what she had. After all, the oil that she had in a jar was not in any volume that would seem important. Any, I mean, the oil that she had, it, it seemed with no volume that was important. It was a jar of oil that she had, not a big drum. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Listen to me. It was a jar of oil that she had, not a big drum. Can you imagine how she would sound to people? I have all these problems, but I have a little bottle of oil. To the people around her, she may have seemed crazy to make such a small observation in the midst of such huge problems. However, this is what she realized. She said, I have nothing, but I have this bottle of oil. It may be, it may be small and domestic, but it will be the beginning of the process of change in my life. And, and she's going around and she's borrowing the vessels from people that have bigger vessels. And she tells them that I've got a small jar. However, this is what she realized. She said, I have nothing but I have a bottle of oil. 
and she goes around and she tells people. And 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 anybody would have looked the jar of oil because it wasn't a barren of oil. It was just a jar of oil. It was just for a domestic consumption. But in the midst of um, staggering deficiency, the widow was still able to see the abundance in her life. She said, I have this jar of oil and it is available. It is in my house and it can be used. Now, for me, this did not make sense when I was reading from a point of view of a human being until the Holy Spirit revealed this revelation to me and to say this was a jar that was so small in the house. That is how, and, 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 and the Lord says, this is how I want you to look at your situation. Whether it is you, you have to identify what you have, even if it seems insignificant. You have to be able to say, I have nothing but. I can sing, I can paint, I have excellent think, I can do something, I, I, or I relate well with, with this or with people. Whatever it is, it might not seem valuable on a grand scale, but it is valuable to somebody somewhere. First, you must discover what you have, and then you must figure out who might want it or who might need it. And recognize that it is your jar of oil. It is what is available to you. And therefore, it can be used. Now, I want us to look into the three-part turnaround process. The widower realized that although it felt she had nothing, she did have something of value. It wasn't the most valuable commodity, but it had certain market value. It was readily available and it could be used. With that knowledge, the miracle of change and the transformation began in her life. Do you know before you can change anything, it has to change within you? Before you can look somewhere else and say, I want this situation to change, but it must change within you. Before you can decree and declare some things that they must change, you must be fully convinced. It must be in you that this is going to work. Do you know it doesn't take much for God to turn around your situation? There are three basic ingredients in God's turnaround process. This is what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about the three turnaround processes. And I, I'm looking for somebody that is going to say amen seven times. That is excited that there are three turnarounds that we found in this widower. We found in this woman who went out and said, I'm going to get the vessels because I've got a jar of oil in my house. Hallelujah. I want you to tell someone in your family, and I want you to say there is a turnaround. I want you to say there is a turnaround, and you say to your family there is a turnaround. There is 
a turnaround that is going to take place. I want you to tell someone in your family and say there is a turnaround in your situation. There is a turnaround that is going to take place. There are three basic things that I'm going to talk about which are bringing a turnaround in your situation. The very first thing that is going to become a turnaround, hallelujah, the create, you know, you need to develop within you. It must be, you must be fully convinced that your declaration, what you are declaring, what you are saying, there is a turnaround in it. First thing, the creative word. The first ingredients in God's turnaround process is the release of the creative word. It's the release of the turnaround word. Once you understand the release of the turnaround word in yourself, what God brings to the equation is his word. In the story here, the creative word was spoken through Elisha when he said, go borrow vessels. <laughs> that is that is a word. That was a solution that God provided via Elisha to the widower. In this case, the creative word did not tell the outcome, but the outcome rested in her obedience to the word she was given. The outcome is on the obedience that she did. She took a decision. <clears throat> Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The woman in this, in, this, in this passage might have been thinking to herself, I have lost my, my husband. I have nothing. I have no money. I have nothing. I may even lose my children. I have nothing. My relatives have forgotten me since my husband died. I have nothing. Here is the man says, go and borrow the vessels. It looks so impossible. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm saying to you, the, 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 the greatest miracle is the obedience. Go and borrow the vessels. Just for the sake of those who do not know where we are talking, we are talking in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4, verse 2. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And, and I'm saying this woman, the only thing that became a change in her life, it was the creative word. The trust that she had, trusting what the Lord was saying, the trust that was in her, trusting what God was saying, and she continued to trust. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. Go and borrow the vessels. Be obedient to what God is saying to you. Sometimes you just need to be obedient even if it looks like it is not a miracle. It might not be somebody that says, I'm giving you a million right now. I'm giving you a billion, but a word of creativity. If you follow that word and you say, I'm going to do as the Lord says I must do, something will start to happen. And I want you to say it to yourself, even if you are right 
down in, 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 the, in, the, in the far west of Gauteng, in, in, in Forgeville. Just do what the Lord says you must do right now. Do something. Do something. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless Jesus. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. And I said the word, glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, is that go and do something. Hallelujah. Go and do something. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Go and do something. Hallelujah. Go and do something. Be obedient. This is what I'm saying. Be obedient. Go and be obedient. That was the solution. That was the solution for this woman. I want to tell you today, this is the turnaround in your life. The turnaround is that be obedient. Secondly, is that the jar of oil. The second part in God's turnaround process is the jar of oil. And it represents your input. It represents your input, the jar of oil. It's your input in the turnaround process. You know, it's your input. Metaphorically, the jar of oil is what you bring to the table or is what you have that is useful to your situation. First, God brings something to the table. Then you also need to bring something, something to the table. Hallelujah. Go and borrow the vessels. The jar. Bring it into the table. What is it that you are bringing into the table? Be creative. I said that is the first word. The jar of oil is the second thing. That What is it that you are bringing in this situation? God brings something to the table. Then you also need to bring something into the table. In many times, we are sitting, sitting very far. We are seated very far from the situation. But I want to tell you, you've got to be the part and person of it. The third thing in this turnaround, in this woman's life, it might not work in your life, but it worked in this woman's life. The third ingredient is borrowed vessels. That is what others bring to the table to help magnify or multiply your oil. In, 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 in some for God to turn around your situation, there is, there is a God part, there is a your part, and there is other people's part. The key is learning to mix all of these things in a proper proportion. God's part is not your job. Your part is not other people's part, job. You, you know, you have to know that other people cannot be God, not even his messengers. Likewise, God will not do the part that is meant for you. There is your part. When we say to people, rise and pray, it's your part. God's part in the word. What Elisha spoke to this widow was that prophetic was, was, was the prophetic word. Elisha spoke the prophetic word. What the woman had, her jar of, of, of oil, true, not much. 
was her contribution. Though it was not big, it was not her contribution. And finally, what other people had, the empty vessels, completed the formula. It is when these three comes together that God starts the process of formation in our lives. And I believe that what God did for this woman, he can do for us. What I've seen most, of, most often is that in our despair, we expect miracles fits from other human beings and we want them to play the role of God. When that is not the case, then we want God to play our role. We say we are giving it to God. We want him to work our role. At inappropriate times, we want God to act on our, on, on our, I mean, on our rules. We say we are giving it to God. But we did not really give it to God. We are still holding it. It is not available to give a situation up to God when God has already equipped us with the tools to handle it ourselves. God will only do what you and others cannot. He already has his role. Other people have their role and you have your role. A miracle will work in your role. Remember this, anytime you are in a crisis, you can't solve every problem by yourself. You need God to be the part and parcel of it. You need some people to be in it, but don't develop a need for others to play your role. You need people to play their role and for you to play your role and God will play his role. The tree together is what produces a great miracle. That is what Elisha was teaching this woman to do. And we are all made wiser if we can learn this lesson as well. He was teaching her the way to financial independence. Though he gave her the option with his first question, Elisha didn't want to give the widow money or a quick fix just for her to come back to him for more in the following week or month or year. Doing so would have developed a, 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 a dependency in her that anytime she had a need, she would come back to Elisha instead of trying to provide for her life. Listen to me. We are talking a, about a woman a, 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 a woman who was married to a prophetic person, a woman who was imparted with the prophetic anointing. While he was next to the prophet, the, the impartation of the prophetic anointing was so much. Sometimes we miss the situation when we are closer to people that walk with the power of the anointing that we must say, I want to receive the impartation of the anointing so that I can run around having that anointing upon my life. Elijah said, I'm going to help, but I'm not going to handicap. Hallelujah. Some individuals feel important and powerful when people come to them for help. However, the best help you can give to anybody is to help them become financially or emotionally independent from you. So the person doesn't always have to learn on you when they have a problem. Same with the anointing. When you develop people to be able to be independent in prayer, you are saying you've got a door. You can knock 
to God. You've got a way you can speak to him. You've got a way you can go and enter the courts of heaven. And many people, because they want people to come back to them all the time, they rather not tell them to pray. Listen to me. If you work as a counselor, this is what I've learned. You have to be careful of this. As a bishop or as an apostle, as a major, whatsoever, 20, or as a pastor, as you counsel people, but you don't want them to always come back to you with the same problem, what often happens is that teach them, let them pray the same prayers. Listen to me. Tonight we're going to pray. And I want you to listen very carefully to the prayers that I'm praying. And I want to tell you, if you want to pray the prayers that I'm praying, it is free for you that you can send me the email and say to me, I need the prayers that you pray. And then I can send you the prayers and you pray with the same passion that I pray. You stay the whole night at times when I have to, and I have to stay the whole night. And then you say to yourself, I've got to be obedient to God because I want to enter the courts of heaven. Like never before, our country saints, South Africa in particular, it needs more prayer warriors. When our country will rise up one day and want to dig a million graves, that means we need more than a million people to pray because we need to declare and decree these diseases shall not be upon our people. When we say those words, these diseases shall not be upon our people, we are saying, even to you, coronavirus, we want you to reverse in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Everyone that is digging a grave, thinking that we will enter that grave, they will enter those graves themselves because we are declaring the word and saying, these diseases shall not be upon our people. When we continue to learn how to pray, we need to say to ourselves, Father, I want to find my flow in you. For some people, recognizing what they have is the hardest part. And sadly, there are people who never discover, discover their oil at all. They live their lives doing things outside of their flow, which makes life harder and less fulfilling than it needs to be. <clears throat> Some people, they rather depend on being prayed for instead of learning how to pray. Times are gone. We are in the level where all of us, we need to boldly approach the throne room of heaven. Some of these has to do with the generation in which they were born. And sometimes it has to do with the value system they inherit from their family or society. People, they don't discover the flow that they have. We need to discover what flow do we have. More recently, however, there has been a shift towards focusing on one's calling, passion, and fulfillment. People are becoming less inclined to take up careers that add income to their lives and nothing else. People 
are also lazy to rise up and pray. I want to say it right here. People are lazy to rise up and pray. I have taken a very serious decision to rise and train like Samuel had the school of prophets to rise and raise more prophetic prayerful people so that they can be able to rise up in prayer. What actually made hundreds of prophetic people in Israel is because Samuel stood up and said, I'm going to develop a school of prophets, a prayerful people. This is what I've decided to do. So that people can realize, can find a flow in prayer. It is good that this shift it has to take place. Because with the level our country is getting into ungodliness, we need more prayer warriors to rise up and pray. The level that our continent, Africa, is getting more into ungodliness, we need more prayer warriors that can enter into prayer. Listen to me, wherever we are in line with God's plans, we can expect good things to follow. Wherever we are in line with God's plans, wherever we are in line with God's plans, we can expect good things to follow. To get in tune with his specific plans for our lives, we must know what talents, ideas, and interests he has blessed us with because that is always a clear indication of our divine purpose. So to get a better grasp of this, we must inspect what we have in our house by figuring out what oil God has given us. It's important to examine what do you have. And there are four ways to discover your oil. First of all, you must focus on what you have. Focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. There is no easier way to keep the knowledge of your oil exclusive to you than to focus on the I have nothing perspective. Don't begin to list the things you are not good at and things that are a challenge for you. Your eyes will become programmed to see and inadequate things in yourself, which is a death blow to healthy self-esteem. The moment you look to, I don't have, I don't have all the time, look into the little that you have. Such a habit will surely make you to grow. But if you look into, I don't have, that habit will blind you to, to your gifts. Instead, focus on what you do have and what you do well. Everybody is good at something and everybody has something to offer. This is what Elisha said to this woman. He said, instead of running around, what do you have? What do you have? Acknowledge possibility. I said focus on what you have. Number two, acknowledge possibility. Acts chapter 3 verse 8, 
illustrate for us the power of acknowledging the possibility in the story of Peter and John encounter with the beggar. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter, I mean, the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 8 to 4. And fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention and expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I will give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received the strength. Many people, they ask me the question, why do I always say in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth? I know that name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, is the name that I have. And I know in that name that the ankles can be strong. I know in that name that the feet can be able to walk. I know in that name that one day a cripple was made to walk. I want you to notice the parallels in this account to the widow's story. Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. But, again we see the word but following an admission of what someone does not have. Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. In a proper English sentence there must be a comma before but and then but cancels everything that peter said because peter says silver and gold we don't have but what i do have i give you following an admission of what someone does not have already we know the significance of this word and peter says continuously but it negates what is said prior to it. And the really important lies in what follows. Peter continues by saying, but what I do have, I give you. Here is the word, but. Is again a pivotal point. It changed the cause of impossibility for Peter and the beggar because the but Peter could only disappoint the man and leave him in the same state he was in before he encountered Peter. However, marvelous possibility, I said, you must acknowledge possibility. Marvelous possibility was injected into the situation where Peter's response shifted what he did not have. He shifted from, from what he did not have to what he did have. What was an entry point for God to work through Peter's gift? In both this story and the story of the widow, miracles weren't received by dwelling on what was lacking. In each case, God worked with what they had in order to perform the miracle that the beggar and the widow needed. Peter didn't say, I don't have any silver or gold, when then all of a sudden, silver and gold sprang out of thin air. He said, what I do have, I give in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth.
He says, what I do have, as much as Peter say, I don't have any silver or gold, but the statement changed. He says, what I do have, I give in the name of Jesus Christ. What he did possess was an anointed command over affliction. So when he commanded the crippled beggar <clears throat> to get up and walk, God empowered Peter's words and the man stood strong. I want to tell you, I might not see where you are, but the spirit of the Lord is able to touch you. I might not be able to touch you with my hands where you are, but the power of God that is getting through your ears is able to touch you. The widower didn't just sit lamenting about having nothing. And then a miraculous cerebral commodities appeared in her home. She gave God room to show his love, power, and abundance when she acknowledged that he had blessed her with a jar of oil. As a result, God caused that jar to flow until she ran out of a, you know, out of out, out, out of things that were not there into something that was there to pour its oil into many vessels. You know, today, saints, the Lord is so much amazing. We have been in so much prayer, so much prayer in such a way that we are saying to ourselves, Lord, Every day and every time we pray, reveal something new. Because we are trusting him. We are trusting him that where we are standing, he will reveal things. What we have learned from Peter and the widower is that God works miracles when you acknowledge what you have. Not when your sight is fixed on what you don't have. Let not your eyes fixed on what you don't have. When faced with complex problems, we truly only have two options. We can complain about what we lack or focus on what we have. That is simple sense. But it makes it all difference. Ask yourself this question. Can I see what I have? Or am I blinded but what I don't have in such a way that I don't see what I have. Can I see what I have? Or I am so blinded by what I don't have. Hallelujah. If you don't know what oil is, now is the time to acknowledge the, am the amazing possibilities God brings into your life. Look within. That is number three. Look within. The next step towards discovering your gift is to examine yourself carefully. Look within to your natural abilities, interest. Your oil is housed within you. It is definitely there. You are the jar that God placed it in it. And when Elisha asked, what do you have in the house? 
The question was a metaphor pointing to what resides within you. Hallelujah. What comes easily to you without formal training? What generate enthusiasm within you and towards? What brings you joy and satisfaction? What flows easily for you? What can you do for hours and lose complete track of time in joy of it? Listen to me. If there's one thing that I can do without losing, I mean, without really checking on time, it's prayer. I can tell you, I can pray. I can declare the word of God. I can speak the word of God with no doubt. I can continue to speak. That is what is within me. I can pray. I enjoy entering the courts of heaven. I enjoy dealing with the enemy. I enjoy facing the beast. I enjoy saying, Lord, deal with this one. I enjoy seeing in the spirit. I just enjoy that. I enjoy carrying the burdens in prayer. I enjoy continuously speaking the word of God. It comes without struggle. Number four thing before we pray. Because I want us to pray. The fourth thing before we pray, examine experience. Examine your life experiences. As hard as it may be to accept, nothing you've been through is accidental. It is your destiny, all of it, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. The sooner you can accept that, the sooner you can get on with the task of discovering your oil. I have experienced such a lot of war with the enemy in my life. So many times I tried to build a family and the enemy dealt with me, thrashery and destroyed. So many times I tried to put together my own family and the enemy has fought with me. That has led me to look back into that experience and say, Never again, enemy. You thought you are destroying me, but you were raising me up. That has been my experience. Identify the experiences that have shaped your life. There are things we go through that don't make sense. Then when we, go, when, when, when we are going through them, behind the potential confusion, hurt, disappointment of the situation, God had a purpose for it. It was in divine order. God does not put us in senseless situations. He does not put us in senseless situations. This means that who your parents are is not an accident. The reason why we are born in that bloodline, that bloodline that is filled with a lot of curses, that bloodline which is filled with a lot of witchcraft and war, it means you need to rise up as a prayer warrior. When you were born was not an accident. The color of your skin was not an accident. The reason why we are born in Africa, the land that is filled and it is rich with minerals, it's not a mistake. Whatever your particular circumstances are, they all contribute to the developing something unique in you that you will use to deliver something to the world. Even your mistakes 
work together for you, for your good, and towards your purpose in life. It may seem to be so at the time, but remember Joseph. His brother sold him into slavery. Surely no one in his position will even think there was in any sense in the experience. But in the, at the end, Joseph recognizes that although his brothers meant it for evil, God used his en enslavement for good. You have been going through a bad situation. I want to tell you, but God has meant it for good. It was not good when you are going through it. But God had meant it for good. What a blessing that we serve a God who is merciful, that he can take our most painful experiences and use them to elevate us. Let me tell you, your brothers, your cousins, they have ignored you because you were going through some difficulties in your life. You were going through some problems in your life. But I want to tell you, the time has turned. There is a turnaround in your life. There is a turnaround in your life, Pastor Nkuta. There might have been some problems that you went through. You might have lost what was best for your life. You might have lost what was great for your life. You might have lost your houses. You might have lost your cars. But I want to tell you, there is a turnaround for your life. Distinguish your tools from your gifts. There is a difference between our tools and our gifts. We all have formal and informal training. In itself, your training is not your gift. So we must not confuse it with our oil. You've got an oil which does not need any human being's training. You've got an oil that is beyond the understanding. That internship, your PhD, the years you spend as an understudy to be the one that you became, you wanted to become, it is not your oil. There are things that are your oil in your life. Your master's business in administration is not your oil. But there is an oil. Apostle Paul was trained as a lawyer and a scholar, yet his oil was to minister to people. His knowledge was respectable, but it wasn't his oil. Even though his training was just as a set of acquired skills, they came in handy when he used them in writing much of the New Testament books. Like the Apostle Paul, your own education and training may complete your gifts and aid you in making use of your oil, but the is an oil. Hallelujah. Distinction between the jar and the oil. As you begin to look for your oil, you must know what you are looking for. You must know the difference between what your oil is and what it is not. The widower did not say she had a jar. She said she had a jar of oil. She knew that the key was not the jar. Rather, it was the substance inside of it. Therefore, in discovering your own oil, you must first know the difference between containers and content, jars and oil. One of the components you need 
for a turnaround process is what the widow had, the jar of oil. Let us first take note of how this is described. It is called the jar of oil, and it consists of the two parts, the jar and the oil. Both play important role. The scripture didn't say oil alone. It said a jar of oil, which means that both the jar and the oil are significant. Hallelujah. The jar is the vessel that houses the oil. Everyone has his or her own or her, or her own oil. Metaphorically speaking, the jar is a container applied to us as individuals. The jar is us. All that we are is what holds our oil. Naturally, then we must examine ourselves not only to see what the kind of oil is contained within us, but also what kind of jar we are holding it. Who are we? The characteristics, the characters that are defining us. God's investment. God imparts talents to you as an, as an investment. He has a purpose for your life. And he expects a return on what he has put in you. We want to pray right now, saints, for the turnaround. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We want to pray for the turnaround in our lives. As I said, there is a turnaround. There is a turnaround. We want to right now pray for that fresh anointing to come upon our lives. I want to give you three scriptures that you must have as we are about to pray for this fresh anointing that must get into ourselves. The book of Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1. Isaiah 61 verse 1. To the end of it. Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27. Psalms 89 verse 20 to 29. I want to decree and declare tonight that as I speak, we are releasing the anointing oil upon your head. We are anointing your tongue with the oil of joy. We are anointing your life with the oil of greatness. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 18 to 19, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I want to decree upon your life, this is an acceptable year. It might have been a year that is filled with coronavirus. It might be the year that is filled with pandemic. But I want to tell you, for you specifically, that you are listening to my voice tonight, there is a special anointing that is coming upon your life. 
by the power in the anointed name of Jesus Christ, by the power in the anointed name of Jesus Christ, by the power in the anointed name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I bless the holy name of the Lord, for he is good unto us. We are free from every sin of unrighteousness. We are boldly confessing that we are holy and righteous in Christ Jesus. We are anointed with fresh oil from above. After the order of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are clothed with the fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. Our life has received fire from above and has become fire by itself in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The anointing of the Holy Spirit resides in us and, the, and our tongues has been anointed with the coal of fire to subdue nations for God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost power is upon our lives and ministry to withstand the evil power of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. By faith, we confess that the anointing of God makes the difference in our lives and our ministry, makes the difference in our businesses, makes the difference in our family. We are anointed to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are anointed to speak to the poor. We are anointed to heal the brokenhearted. We are anointed to preach deliverance to the captives. We are anointed to speak the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I decree and declare that upon each and every one that is listening to me tonight, there is a power of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of discernment, they are beginning to manifest upon your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You are beginning to understand what the gifts that you have, what is it that you are walking with. You begin to understand that you are a jar. What is the oil that is inside of you? New powerful way for greater exploits is in you right now. I want to say to you, you know your God, and those who know their God, they shall do exploits because you know your God. You are starting to do exploits. Your family and your relatives, they will start to recognize you with the exploits that you are doing. You are anointed for healing in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I decree and declare that you shall lay hand on the sick and the sick shall recover in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You shall lay hands on the poor and the poor shall become rich in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There is a turnaround in your name. There is a turnaround in your position. There is a turnaround in your situation right now. Spirit of poverty and lack is coming out of your house right now. Spirit of poverty and lack is coming out of your house right now. Father, we thank you for those who have made and have put the loudspeaker in their houses. As I pray, the spirit of poverty is living. As I pray, the spirit of death and the spirit of the dead is living that household in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You shall lay hands on the dead and the dead shall jet back to life. The anointing that raised Lazarus 
it will raise every situation in your life right now. The anointing of Jesus Christ, the anointing of resurrection, it is taking place in your life right now. The things that were dead, they are rising up. They are waking up in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak to your finances. I speak to your finances right now. I speak to your bank account. It is opening up for more funds to come in. It is rising up in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Glory to Jesus. Glory to the King of Kings. Hallelujah. You are a yoke destroyer, a burden lifter, and the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth is working with you. You are anointed for the greatness. The fame begins to spread abroad about you. After the order of your Lord Jesus Christ, the people are starting to know about the skills and the things that you can be able to do in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Your business is becoming to be known. There are people that will spend the sleepless nights because they have been told that you are great. As from now, your voice shall be honored and shall bring deliverance to men and women. As from now, your voice will be honored in your street, shall bring deliverance in men and women. As of now, your voice will be honored wherever meeting you speak. Your voice shall be restored wherever the locusts, the grasshoppers, the caterpillars, and the palm worms have eaten in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your voice shall restore wherever the locusts, the grasshoppers, the caterpillars, and the palm worms have eaten in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, there is a turnaround and the restoration in your life. You shall affect generation after generation positively. You shall affect your own children up to the children of your children. I prophesy by the unction of the Holy Ghost that no weapon, enchantment, and divination diabolically and demonic power against you and whatever that concerns you shall prosper and every evil conspiracy against you shall turn to foolishness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I decree and declare that you are anointed for kingship and the word of a king is law. As from today, any pronouncement that comes forth from the mouth will become a decree. Everything that you speak with your mouth shall become a decree and it shall be so. Satan and his agents shall submit themselves unto you by the word of your mouth in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The enemy shall not exalt upon you, nor will the son and the daughter of wickedness afflict you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Right now, everything that you touch, it shall turn to gold. Everything that you touch, it shall turn to silver. And there is an anointing that is upon you that says, touch not the anointed one. You are receiving the anointing to overtake. You are receiving the anointing for service excellency. 
you are receiving the anointing for becoming excellent in every area of your life. You are receiving the anointing for compassion now. You are receiving the anointing for wisdom now. You are receiving the, the anointing for signs and wonders now. You are receiving the spirit of leadership that rested upon David. It is working with you now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. All that see, you shall know that you are called by the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father, for answering these prayers. Thank you for this night of prayers. Thank you for this night of breakthrough. We bring this declaration and we anoint them with the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough that is taking place right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that this breakthrough, it is taking place. Hallelujah. And everyone that is listening to our voice tonight, they are able to hear us. Lord, we speak Isaiah chapter 30 verse 18. Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. And blessed are those who wait for him. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak the book of Psalms 33 verse 20. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah, oh God. Thank you, Father. The book of Micah, chapter 7, verse 7. Micah, chapter 7, verse 7. The Bible says, Therefore I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Praise Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak the book of Proverbs. Chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. Six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and learn not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. I would like to thank everyone and anyone that has given with the points tonight. And those who continue to give those cups, those who continue to give those love gifts. And I say thank you very much for tonight. Hallelujah. And I would like to thank everyone that has released for this Sabbath. Those who have released their offering for this Sabbath. I pray that the Holy Spirit will bless you. I pray that the blessings of the Lord will continue to be upon you. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 43 verse 5, Why are you, why are you cast down, O my soul? 
And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him to help my, my, my countenance and my God. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank everybody that has spread the news and invited many people to join this platform of prayer tonight. Continue to decree and declare. Continue to speak in this platform. Continue to write in this platform. I've got a word for you right tonight. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah 29:11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Thank you for those offerings that are released, those financial offerings that are released to this ministry. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. Hallelujah. I want to say to those who will continue to release offerings into this ministry. God bless you. God will walk before you. He will be with you. God will walk ahead of you. God. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear, nor be dismayed. I can see you say to yourself, your fridge is getting empty, but God shall provide all your needs according to his riches in glory. Because the Lord said in the book of Joshua chapter 1, in Joshua chapter 1 verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong of good courage. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. Wherever you go, he shall be with you. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Psalm 23 verse 4. Psalm 23 verse 4. Ye though... I walk through the value of the shadow of death. Irrespective of the graves that South Africa has digged. We will fear no evil. For the Lord is with us. His rod and his staff, they comfort us. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, mighty God. Thank you for those cups. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
We need about seven cups to our savings. Thank you, Lorraine, for that cup. Thank you, Zamantaka, for that cup. Thank you, Mabongi. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Saints, for those cups. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. verse 1 the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth hallelujah we bless the Lord we bless Jesus Thank you, Father, tonight. Glory to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just continue with your declarations. Continue to declare around about 1910 in South African time. Just continue to declare, continue to decree. Thank you for those two cups that are coming. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for those two cups, blessed Lord. We bless you, mighty God. Tonight, I decree and declare there is a turnaround in your finances. There is a turnaround in your marriage. There is a turnaround in your business. There is a turnaround in your life. There's a turnaround in your life. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. 
and whose hope is in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and his hope is in the Lord. Trust the Lord, Pastor Nkota, right at this time. Trust the Lord, Pastor, wherever you are. Trust the Lord, child of God, wherever you are. Trust Him. Thank you, Jesus. Love this word in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Trust him tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Mabongi, for that cup. God bless you. Hallelujah. 